0: are you ready you are listening to the ducks and pucks podcast this is the number one home for anaheim ducks talk and analysis here we go welcome to the show this is your host mike walters along my coast eddie richard and we have a good show for you this week the uh ducks are three zero and one after four games so we're going to cover those games uh we have some fan questions to get to some patreon topics to discuss some league news and things like that so we'll get you caught up in all that of course roster moves injury news everything else so with the first uh week in the books what was your initial um thought eddie i mean the ducks went three zero and one despite all the injuries
1: i liked it Uh, i spent all morning uh, learning about rocks which is boring to me but the ducks uh had a rock solid start to the season. Uh, not bad. Seven out of eight points. Especially with who they don't have in the lineup and how the rookie stepped up. So I was pretty impressed this you know this first official week. It's still going on um, uh, of how the Ducks are doing and where they're at. And I think they're turning a lot of heads because you know with all the injuries and all the youngsters. And I I don't think any of them expected them to you know to actually get past San Jose at game one and then move from there. But it's pretty impressive it's pretty pretty motivating too
0: yeah I mean if you're a ducks fan right now you have to be extremely excited I mean the, the team you know is three zero and one they still have not lost in regulation uh, which is amazing despite everything so we'll kind of go over some of the games right now a little bit and then we'll get into some of the deeper topics throughout the show but the ducks opened up the season uh, on the road in San Jose. They um, ended up pulling off, you know, a win in this game. Uh, you had Max come to off scoring on his first uh, shot in the 49 seconds to begin the game. Uh, you know, the Sharks came back and got some goals, but then it was the Ducks all after that. Uh, it wasn't a complete game by the Ducks, but I mean, they they beat San Jose. They they only managed 15 shots on net, but they were able to cash in on the power play two out of three times. So, what did you think in the uh, the opening game? Is the uh, the Ducks started? You know, of course, without. Uh, Kessler, and Eves, and Perry, and Holzer, and a few of the other players.
1: Uh, well, to congratulations. First shot, first goal. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, He's just building his case even more on how we should keep him down, and, or keep him up and not send him down. Um, I, I didn't really like how the Ducks got outshot and outplayed, it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty close uh, when you look at the score you know, from first period to second period, but seemed like the Ducks got a little bit lucky after uh, Montour put that backhand through Jones, which should have been stopped nine times out of ten, but we kind of got a break right there. Um, A positive thing about the game, you know, uh, Eric Carlson was the big news and everyone freaked out about him, but uh, he didn't really do much that game. You, You didn't really see him. He was taking a lot of shots toward the net, but I think he was only managed to actually get one official shot registered, which is listed. And he was a negative, too. So, I mean, he didn't really contribute as much as everyone thought like, the hype was. I, I think everyone thought he was going to come in and have, like, a five-point game or something. But that, that wasn't the case. Um, I, that game needed to be cleaned up a little bit uh, defensively. But overall, I mean, we came out with the win. The, you know, that revenge game, too, especially from that, that last season sweep. So, like, overall, it's a pretty good game. But, but there is some, like, improvement needed.
0: Yeah, I mean they got the first goal, obviously, and then the Sharks kind of took it towards the Ducks uh, throughout the middle of of the uh, the game, and you know, like we said, uh, Anaheim was able to come back uh, in the third and and you know push past the Sharks. They, I thought they were going to win, as we talked about in the last show, uh, three to two. They were up four to two before they got the empty net goal. So I mean, you know, it's kind of close, I guess, but. Um, yeah, my concern too, is like you said, Eddie is, I mean, the face-offs were kind of even, but the shots, you know, 33 to 15, it's kind of crazy. You know, they didn't really, um, get as many shots on net as I think they needed to, but yeah, they pulled out the win, uh, to start the season. You know, uh, they relied on the defense and they relied on Gibson, which is kind of the theme of this week. Those are really, uh, what they had to do a lot of, but they pull out that win, and then they go into Arizona to face the Coyotes, and again the Ducks don't get a lot of shots in this game. They get to outshot to 41 to 20 in this one. Uh, the faceoffs qu- weren't quite as good, but I mean they pull out a one nothing win. You have Comtois again getting a goal. He gets you know a goal in each of his first two games, and the Ducks basically hang on and they they win one nothing in this one, Eddie. But again, it was the defense and Gibson uh, that pulled out this uh, two point victory.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Again, you know, the first period, the Ducks only had five shots compared to, to Arizona's 11 shots. Um, second period, it was a little better. We, You know, the Ducks managed to get 11 shots to Arizona's eight, but then the f- third period, they broke down again, only re- uh, registering four shots on net, on goal c- compared to Arizona's 22. Um, I mean, Gibson was the, the ultimate hero of that game. I mean, he's the reason why we won. Of course, Compto scored the game-winning goal, only goal, but without Gibson's play, I mean, Easily, Arizona could have took over in that, uh, that third, shooting 22 shots, and they also had a five-on-three, come to think of it. So just uh, a team like Arizona, we shouldn't let them kind of dominate the game like that. And once again, we have to clean it up and play better defensively. Yeah, I mean you're right. In the end, there
0: they they had the five on three, and don't forget they pulled the uh, goalie too for the extra attacker, so it turned into a six on three there. Uh, like within the last, it was like fifty seconds or a minute or so. So I mean that that was a crazy third period, getting outshot twenty two to four, and you're able to hold on and win one nothing. So I mean that that was good. Like we said, the the shots not so good, the the faceoffs not so good. Um, neither team could score on the power play. The Ducks did have a lot of blocked shots in this game. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, they, they gave up 41 shots on goal, but they also blocked 21. So, I mean, the Coyotes, you know, really laid it on there. The Ducks were able to pull it out. Uh, the bad news in this game uh, for the Ducks, though, Eddie, was Ryan Getzloff getting hurt. And we you know, finally figured it out after a couple days. There was no real news of what happened. But they said that he pulled a groin muscle and you could kind of see that play in the third period where he kind of, he goes to skate down the side and then he kind of comes up, you know, real gingerly and then goes back to the bench and then he's gone. Um, what did you think uh, about him getting hurt as far as, you know, pulling that muscle? Because uh, it looked like he got hooked down maybe on that breakaway he had earlier in the game. Do you think that was it? Or just, you just think it was something throughout uh, the game that caused him to have that, you know, muscle pull?
1: Uh, uh, once I saw the play, once I saw Gets off the, the way he just stopped and went to the bench, I... I... I assumed it'd be some kind of a, a groin injury, a pulled groin. I didn't think anything of the hook, uh, him getting pulled down. Um, with hockey players are always jumping over that bench, they're always jumping off the bench. They're taking, you know, like strides left and right, coming to a complete stop. They're moving weird angles. I uh, and you can't really stretch enough to get, you know, your groin prepared for that. So I mean, it makes a lot of sense that something must have happened just one of those freak accidents, or he, he maybe just he went about for a stride and it just twisted the wrong way or pulled the wrong way, so, I mean, it's unfortunate that he's gone right now, but um, he should be back next week, and it shouldn't be a, any an ongoing issue or anything serious to worry about.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of the injury news, I mean, we learned uh, right before the uh, Arizona game, too, that, you know, uh, Perry was put on the long-term injury list, Holzer was on there, too, if you didn't catch that, he... Uh, had wrist surgery in the summer, so he's out for a little while, it seems. And so they're both on there. The Ducks, you know, they did get $8.5 million in cap, uh, especially with uh, Perry being out. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to do anything with it because as soon as he comes back, it gets reapplied. And the way these young players are doing, I think they're going to roll with, you know, the, the young guys. And that's what we've seen in these first four games. You know, they, they beat San Jose. They beat Arizona, and then they, you know, rolled into uh, the home opener, which, you know, was the 25-year rematch to the day because on October 8, 1993, the Ducks played Detroit in their first-ever game. Of course, we all know they lost, but uh, in this one, they were able to uh, turn it around. I mean, it was a good contest, Eddie. Uh, the the Ducks and Detroit, you know, they battled it out. Uh, it was, you know, a tie game. It ended up going to a shootout. Uh, you know, we well we survived the overtime first off, which I know people were nervous about that. But then they went to the shootout, and Troy Terry, you know, Team USA shootout hero, he he gets the uh, game winner basically in the uh, shootout. And the Ducks, uh, you know, they pulled this one off, Eddie. Uh, you know, I, I thought that of the three, you know, games thus far, not counting this last one, I thought this was one of the better games for the Ducks.
1: Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. And and this score should have been at least four one, four two Ducks. Uh, Jimmy Howard really stood in his head, and I give him credit because, you know, he was making some unbelievable saves, and the Ducks were, were bringing it to him. They were firing it, everything at him. Um, all the emotions were high, too. It was a good, you know, a home opener for the fans and the Ducks. Um, I'm sure everyone's excited about all the jerseys. You know, Sean Hill was there. I didn't mind paying 14.50 for a beer that night. It was just it was an overall good uh, a good atmosphere and a good game, and the Ducks really uh, brought it to and they rose to the occasion. They didn't want to disappoint their fans. And they knew this was, you know, it was kind of an important game, not just to keep their streak going or the points, but just, you know, it's a tribute night, and it's, it's a way to set the tone uh, for home games. So, I mean, I think they played really well.
0: You know, and in this game, too, uh, Comtois got another point. He got an assist. So he had, you know, three points and, and one in each of these games. Uh, but on the uh, the goal that uh, basically he, he ended up assisting on for Silverberg, uh, Detroit challenged it. They were going for goalie interference. So... You know, they ended up going in the Ducks' favor. What did you think on that play? Did you think it uh, was the right call, or uh, do you think, you know, that there was some kind of interference there, or what?
1: Oh, yeah. I Actually, uh, for once, I agree with the ref, and for once, the ref did not suck at making a call. Yeah, it was the right call, right play. Uh, Jimmy Howard barely got touched, uh, you know, barely even nicked him. But he was able to, you know, to turn his head, to turn his body, and to get that foot extended out. He just didn't get there in time, and, you know, afterwards when hit all the little, you know, commotion in front of the net, that puck was really crossed the line, and, and that was a good goal, so uh, I'm not surprised, well, I, I am surprised, because, you know, who knows what the rest, like a, a flip a coin sometimes, but, um, yeah, it was the right call, it was the right, you know, right call on the ice, I, I actually agree with that.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know Silverberg's another one that's been tearing it up, which we're going to get to a question about him too. But uh, you know he got a goal and he's had five points in the first three games. Uh, you know obviously contract year for him, and we'll kind of dive into that a, uh, you know a little bit more later in the show. But uh, yeah, the Ducks ended up you know they pulled out this one. They went to the shootout. They uh, you know were three zero and zero at the time, uh, first in the NHL. And uh, things are going good. I, I thought one, one thing that was kind of interesting about this game, though, was the Ducks wore their new 25th anniversary jerseys for the game. And then they had the retro ones. Uh, you know, obviously they had to have the Adidas logo because that's the company now. But they had the retro ones for warm ups. And it was kind of weird, Eddie. We found out that the Ducks tried to get the league to let them wear those for the game, but the league said no. What did you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm totally confused. It's a fan favorite. Uh, everyone loves that iconic jersey. Uh, even non-Ducks fans. You have people you know, on Twitter, or Facebook, from different you know, fan bases, like, man, I would buy one of those jerseys you just to have. It's it's memorable. Um, I'm not sure why or what happened uh, with that, and they wouldn't wear them. it have been really cool if we'd seen that. Um, even with the Adidas logo, I know I'm kind of you know picky about jerseys, and I don't like that Adidas logo on the, the Red show jersey, and. And the lack of patches, too, by the way, on the shoulders. But, yeah, I, I don't know if, if our commissioner, you know, or what's going on over there. He seemed like he was enjoying himself, uh, you know, when he was talking over there to the Ducks with his Ducks call. I don't know if you saw that interview, Mike.
0: Yeah, that was uh, interesting. I think there were a lot of uh, gifts and memes made out of that one because if you were at home, you got to see Bevin actually, you know, d- using the Duck call at the intermission. So that, that was kind of funny, you know, the uh, – the man that everybody loves to hate—I think, you know, probably close. I don't know if him or Trump, whoever's worse, but you know they're both up there. So I mean, whatever. Every, you know, he gets booed everywhere he goes. So I—I I don't know. But yeah, that was that was kind of funny. So uh, yeah, I was disappointed though in the league. I wish they would have let him wear those jerseys, even though they weren't, you know, they're Adidas. Obviously not going back in time to, to what they were originally, but it, they looked great and they—it um, was fun to see him wearing those, and it was fun to see the Ducks win that game instead of obviously 25 years ago when they lost to detroit so exciting game uh you know that uh, troy terry shootout winner you know bounced in and out really quick some fans that were sitting next to me detroit fans of course didn't think it was a goal but uh you know, I had to point it to the to the replay just to you know remind them that it went in and that you know their team lost. But anyways, um, I had some Red Wing fans. You know how they are; they like to show up and um, they can be kind of rowdy. So it was nice to see them lose and then have to go home with their heads uh, down. But uh, the Ducks continued. You know, this week they had Arizona again. And I had people hitting me up before the game saying it was going to be an easy win and Arizona hasn't had a goal in two games, you know, and that we're going to beat him and blah, blah, blah. And uh, that day was kind of interesting too, Eddie, because in the morning skate, uh, you know, we heard that Kessler was out there. He was skating on the third line and then it was, well, the doctors have to clear him. He's a game time decision. So we didn't know if he was going to play during the day. I managed to get to the arena early, and I was able to go down by the benches, and I saw the Kessler sticks there, so you knew as soon as those were there, he was in. So Kessler played in the game, and uh, he, uh, you know, ended up getting a goal early in the game, uh, which was exciting, and, you know, things looked okay in the first period. The Ducks did give up a late goal, and they were tied after one. Uh, and then in the second period, they, you know, exchanged goals again. They were tied at two. Again, the Ducks went to overtime and then a shootout and, you know, they ended up losing this one. But I, I, you know, this game was kind of frustrating for me, Eddie, because the Ducks got outshot 39 to 25. Uh, they didn't convert on the power play. They gave up a shorthanded goal. And honestly, after the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, the passing had some serious issues in this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The first period was, I think, the, the best period they played. It was back and forth. They were shooting. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Kessler's back. Everyone's energized. He scores the goal. And after that, it just went downhill. Uh, it seems like, you know, the Ducks came in with kind of a little bit bigger heads. They're 3-0. They're facing a team that hasn't scored in, in three games now since the game started against the Ducks. Um, they haven't won a game. So I think it, it got, I guess, a little complacency took over. And they just kind of went with the motions and didn't, you know, give it their their full 100 percent like the last few games. It just seemed you like know, they just kind of expected a win, and everyone thought like, okay, it's Arizona, they haven't scored, they haven't won. Let's just go and just you know, be lazy and, and expect to win. It doesn't work that way. I mean, yeah, Arizona knows their expectations, and, and they and they know they're not going to be a contending team, but they're not going to just roll over and show their belly at all. They're going to come out. They're a professional hockey team. They have a lot of young guys. You know, Clayton Keller was, you know, manning their top line. So he wants to show a good impression, and he wants to, to make his, his his voice known. So I just think the Ducks got a little complacent. I'm, I'm kind of glad we got the point, I and mean, I'm kind of glad that we did lose this game. It kind of brings everyone back to reality, and, and we can learn from this and build from it. Like, okay, look, we're not indestructible, you know, we're the ducks. Let's play our ducks hockey and not take any team for granted. So hopefully, you know, a lesson was learned this game. And like I said, we can't win every game. We're not going to go 82 and 0. So hopefully, we we can learn from this and use this to just drive us and motivate us. Come on on Saturday. And if if we do lose, I mean, we'll know how to bounce back, and we'll you know get down to ourselves like that at all. And if we do get a streak going on again. We're going to understand that no matter who we play, Ottawa, Arizona, any of the lower teams, don't take them for granted and just come out there and give it your all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, they just kind of got out of whack. Uh, the chemistry was kind of off in the second and third period. They, they, you know, they'd make maybe one pass, but they couldn't make a secondary pass. They were trying to, you know, do a little bit too much here and there. Sometimes they were passing to an empty spot and nobody was there, or they were passing to the other team. So it kind of reared its head there a little bit. But, I mean, overall, you're looking at these four games. And, you know, we talked about this on some of the previous shows. You were more optimistic about this team this season. I was a little bit more reserved. And, you know, you have to be happy. I mean, this team uh, with all these injuries that we've been talking about, Perry, Holzer, Kessler, Eves, casse and now Getzloff, I mean, they're 3-0-1, uh, they're up there at the top of the league, I mean, you, you have to be, uh, you know, still happy overall with the way that uh, this opening week has gone, Eddie.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, even the the league take notice, uh, I think we jumped in the standings too of uh, NHL Network's, like, I guess their standings, they do, uh, you know, their power rankings, there we go, I think we jumped up a few spots on there too, so like everyone's taking notice. And if there's teams that just look at you know the Ducks like oh the, you know they're all injured they have a bunch of rookies, I mean they're gonna take notice and be like hey we can't take this team lightly you know you have one of their brand new rookies is you know has like three points already two goals and an assist and then you have other contributors to like like Ben Street who finally scored his first professional goal, uh, NHL goal so congratulations to him I mean we just we have a dangerous team and, and all around if players just play their way and 100 and just use the system. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, I think more good things to come. And, you know, with that, we have a couple other segments we're going to get to on our show. We have kind of a new thing we're doing uh, on our Patreon website, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Ducks and Pucks. If you go on there and support us, uh, you know, we give you a shout out. You get some hockey gear, uh, chances to win game tickets. But also for certain members, you can uh, pick topics that uh, we will discuss so I will give a shout out to the newer people we have. We had uh, Joshua, uh, Matt, uh, Brayden, Jesper, Jesper all the way from Denmark. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, international, and you know not just Canada and the U.S. but um, also uh, Mike as well. So we have a bunch of people on there. We have a couple um, that had some topics. Uh, Joshua and Matt that they wanted us to discuss. Uh, Joshua's was talking about you know getting eaves and and Getzloff back, where would they go in the lineup, and then what would happen with some of these younger players? So I think it's a good question. I think with both of those players coming back, where would they go? I I don't think there's much of an issue with that, Eddie. I think they both go back on the top line, and they they go with uh, Raquel, most likely. But the, the second part of his question, or topic he wants us to talk about, is with the other players going down. And I think that's the interesting thing, because you have several players uh Steel, Terry, Comtois, Sherwood, Lundstrom that you know they can all go down they're all waiver exempt they're all on entry level contracts um, you know I mean I think the Ducks would have to pick you know uh, out of that group I think one of them though that we've talked about that's making his case is uh, Max Comtois I don't I don't see them sending him down so I think it would, they'd have to pick amongst some of the other players Eddie what do you think as far as uh, when you know Eaves and Getzloff get back who would get sent down
1: that's gonna be hard. I think we could both agree that Max Comtois, uh, he, he's staying. Uh, he's not gonna go anywhere. He's, he's been playing really well, and he's he's forcing the Ducks to keep him. So I mean, that's that's a given. Um, between the we have uh, Terry Steele. Uh, let I, I me mean, see. Um, Street, I can see probably going down. He he can. Um, I mean he, he he's been up and down before. He knows the game you know, we, we, over there with Detroit and Colorado. The same thing. I could see him him dropping down. Uh, A little hidden gem that's going to be hard on the Ducks, too, is Sherwood. That kid plays at 110% each shift. He's like our new Wagner minus the physicality. But even in the preseason, he proved that he's willing to drop the gloves and protect his teammates as well. Um, I know the Ducks, and a lot of us, don't want him to do that because we like his speed and his his, his player ability. Um, But that's going to be a tough one about when it comes down, when we get all these guys back, which is going to be good because we're going to have more firepower, but now who goes down. Um, still, still has been playing okay. He hasn't – his success from the preseason, the rookie tournament, hasn't translated yet to the, to you know, the regular season. But, you know, it's only game four, and once a player gets a hot streak, they can, they can go from there. But it's going to be interesting to see um, – Lundstrom, I, I can see getting you know sent back to junior. We, we don't want to burn a contract, you know, a, a year off his contract, especially when we're getting all our big guys back and we have capable rookies that that can play those bottom six minutes. Once we get our top guns back, like gets off, and Eve's and going in that top line, you can shuffle things around. And then when Perry gets back, I, I spoke to you. I talked about it before. I mean, we don't necessarily have to put Perry on, on top six. We can use him in the you know. Uh, the third line and create even more firepower and keep Kessler on that, that third line and have Henrique take the second and gets off eight to first I mean that's a powerful lineup right there you have three you know three quality top six player guys all in, in separated with three lines including Perry on the third line I, I can just see other teams uh, having a struggle to keep up with those lines like that
0: yeah, I agree. I mean, if you split them up uh, amongst the top three, that's going to make some nightmare uh, matchups for the other teams. So I think that's definitely a good strategy for the Ducks to try to spread it out, especially, like you said, when Perry comes back, which unfortunately won't be you know until the, the uh, new calendar year most likely. So um, that's one of the uh, topics we had. The other one we had, and this one's a tough one, we kind of touched on this last week. We talked about um, Seattle getting a team, and, you know, if they were going to have to reline the uh, the divisions or the whole league, what they were going to do. But Matt Angel asked us about Silverberg, and he said, you know, it's obviously it's his contract year. He's been playing well. You know, should the Ducks sign him? And then, uh, you know, would he be one of the ones that gets exposed to Seattle? Or do the Ducks, you know, expose somebody uh, as a younger player, one of these other guys coming up? And um, it's, probably, it's probably a really difficult question. It's a little bit early, too. but. I think this is a tough one, Eddie. I mean, I don't want to lose Silverberg, but then I don't want to lose one of the younger guys. I mean, it's kind of picked the lesser of the two evils, and uh, I think part of it, too, depends on with Silverberg. I mean, he's killing it right now, so what kind of contract is he going to get and how much that might play into the decision, you know, of whether to sign him and expose him or, you know, to try and, you know, leave one of the younger players unprotected. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's a tough one. I don't really want to think about that right now, but it's a really good question, and it's something that we have to think about, Matt. So uh, thank you for bringing this topic up. Um, it's going to be tough, and, and I hate players in their contract year because it's going to be hit or miss. I mean, we've seen players before just absolutely destroy it, their contract year. Uh, contract year, and you know, put up those goals, those career high numbers, and then once they get that big contract, and then it just goes away. Uh, look at Matt Polesky as an example. Uh, he had a, a career high goal, I think, it all around goals, points, and assists, um, and he got some big bucks from from Boston, and a lot of fans were upset because you know the Ducks didn't go and re-sign him. But I mean, I was one of those people who just always watched his game, and as much as uh, I was a favor, I liked him, and he was one of my favorites. I just. I never seen him, you know, worth the money that he got from Boston. It, it kind of seemed like the, the, the other players around him were making him better and contributing to that the offensively. But, I mean, like once he got put pretty much separated from those players, I mean, he didn't really do much in Boston. And, and a lot of people didn't like him in Boston because he was a high dollar amount. He ended up getting traded to New York you know, after he spent time in, in the minors. He goes to New York and plays a game, and he's in the minors again. And, I mean, who knows like hopefully Silverberg's not like that but I mean that's the reality of it with players I mean just stop and think about you know everyday reality you work hard for promotion and once people get that they kind of just go in a cruise control mode they don't work that extra you know that extra hour the extra shift so I mean that, that just kind of you know that that confuses me right there on, on how it's going to play out and as far as Silverberg I mean I'd rather him we lose Silverberg than lose one of our, our young guns right now because those are our future and I think the more and more they play, the better they're going to get. And, I mean, if, if we can lose him and not one of our, our top prospects that we have right now, rookies, I mean, I'm all for it as much as it's going to sting and it's going to bother me and put me in a depression for a couple of days. But, I mean, that's the reality and business of the game.
0: Yeah, and I can't remember which event I was at. It was either the, uh, the beach party thing or one of the ones last season where Murray uh, spoke. And, you know, he doesn't want to lose Silverberg for nothing. So I think he's definitely going to try and get a deal done. And then, like you said, the question is, okay, I have him now on the roster. Is he somebody I'm going to protect or expose? And I I think if push comes to shove, um, you know, I I think he might go more towards the younger players. I mean, it really depends. There's so – it's too early to tell. There's a lot going on this season. But if you've got, you know, uh, Steele and Terry and Comtois and these guys playing really well – And, you know, all these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old. I mean, you're going to want to go with those guys. Um, Like you said, you you don't want to risk. You give Silverberg the big contract, you don't expose him, and then he doesn't play well. So I kind of lean more towards that way, but it's a tough question, Matt. Uh, We'll definitely revisit it, um, you know, later in the season. So, but thank you for that question. And, um, you know, with that, we'll, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about some roster stuff, too, that uh, happened this week. Um, Eddie, we saw uh, Logan Shaw came back to the Ducks, or I should say to the Goals. so that was good to see um, also uh, uh, a bird got sent down to the Goals. so he didn't look too happy on uh, opening night when they <laughs> announced him, but he, he went down to San Diego as well, so what did you think about both those uh, moves?
1: Oh yeah, of course he's not going to be happy, he's been bounced around this is his third team, and he's, he's still young you know, going from the Predators, he had that success in the postseason. Then he gets to Edmonton, and that doesn't pan out. And he gets pretty much given away for free, and, and it's kind of a bad feeling. And then he plays, you know, a couple games or one game with the Ducks, and it just didn't work out. And, I mean, it's nothing he did wrong. I'm, you know, he, he played hard. Just We have a lot of other players that played better. Um, it, it's going to be good for the goals to get some more speed, and, and hopefully he can produce down there. He, he's been a solid guy producing in the AHL. So, I mean, uh, there's no doubt he'll put the numbers in, you know, unless he, he, he comes with the attitude where he just kind of gave up, and I really hope that's not the case. Uh, Shaw, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad, you know, that Logan Shaw, you know, is back with the goals, you know, in a, a Dutch organization. And I emphasize Logan because everyone knows that Andrew Shaw. We, we all don't like him. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he, he brings some leadership there and experience. He can uh, mentor the, the younger guys and, and kind of, like, school them when they do get call up state you know, they're groomed and how to, like, the proper etiquettes and how to act and how to conduct yourself as a professional. So, I mean, that's a a win-win for the goals and the Ducks organization as well.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to see Logan back as well. I think he'll be a good, uh, you know, fit down there and be a good mentor as well. So, I mean, it's good. You know, the Ducks got some more players. They're still going to have to you know, do some more adjustments, obviously, when some more of the guys come back. So we do have um, our regular fan questions, too, where we don't get to all of them, but we try to get to as many as we can, uh, talking about what's going on with the Ducks. So uh, we can kind of go, we'll go with the uh, Mike's question that he asked about uh, Kessler, if we were happy uh, that he returned, and did we think it was uh, too soon? And if there's a, you know, is this a sign of things to come? Uh, you know, with obviously getting that goal. And I'm, you know what, I'm glad. Of course, I'm happy he returned. There was kind of word that he was going to come back before Eves, and obviously he did because he played in that game against Arizona. I don't think it was too soon. And I think you and I kind of agree on this, Eddie. I think a, a key part of this is that, uh, you know, he did play 16 something minutes in that game, but they are putting him on the third line. They're not putting him on the top two. So, you know, I, I, I'm I happy that he's back. And I mean, if, if he's good and, and they didn't have to rush him, that I'm all for it.
1: Oh yeah, same here. I agree, and I, I really think it, it's not too soon that he came back. Uh, recent interviews, he talked about quality of life and how you know his family is important, picking up his son, and, and having that you know life after hockey is the most important to him, and it, it, as it should be to to everyone out there that has a family that's playing hockey. I mean, I mean that's your number one. It should be you know a top you know, number one thing. But um, yeah, I mean, he he looked good. I saw him at practice. He looked good at practice. And I think he came back because he feels 110% ready. And obviously the, the, the doctors agreed with it. And he didn't do too bad. He, you know, Obviously he scored the goal on three, three shots. He, he threw his body two hits. But he was just crashing the net and getting in those dirty areas. And he wasn't he wasn't letting up in fear of hurt, re- hurt, like injuring himself. He was still that, that same Kessler. I mean, yeah, it takes him a few games to get up to speed of the game. But he looked pretty good. I mean, the only thing I, I can comment on is if, you know, his face-off percentage could have been a little better. He's at 47%. And so hopefully, you know, once he gets up to the speed of things, he's been out for a while, he'll, he'll work on the face-offs more and we can bring that level up. And I think it's been an issue with the Ducks so far this season is those low face-off percentages.
0: Yeah, the faceoffs have kind of been an issue. Uh, you know, Getzoff was the one with the highest percentage, uh, you know, and normally he isn't usually the one with the highest percentage. And everybody else has been kind of, the high 40s are just barely over 50, so that's definitely something to watch with Kessler. And you know, uh, I know someone that's not happy he's back, Eddie. Uh, I think the Edmonton Oilers fans aren't happy that he's back because they probably would have claimed some kind of goalie interference on that uh, goal he scored, you know, with the, the pads or whatnot. But, um, and and you know, Ryan Johansson too, I should say. So, you got a couple of people out there that made me, you know, not happy that he's back, which I can't wait to see um him play nashville which we're going to talk about nashville a little bit later in the show i don't know what's going on over there but we'll get to that in a minute but yeah i mean i'm happy he's back i i I don't think they rushed him he looked good so thanks for that question mike um let's see we've got oh another big topic we didn't discuss that lisa asked about uh uh, nick richie um you know whether or not he's going to come back and uh, you know chances look slim and you know this is a tough one uh Like we've talked about before, come December 1st, they've got to figure out, or at least Richie's got to figure out something, or he's he's out for the season. I mean, you can't go past that without some kind of contract and then play. The Ducks still retain the rights, but he he can't do anything. So uh, I think he needs to figure something out, Eddie, because Comtois, Deal, Terry, these other players, I mean, they're doing their thing. And the more that he's out, I think the worse for him it's going to be.
1: Oh, definitely. I think that Nick Ritchie right now is holding his hockey stick horizontal as he's trying to exit the ice and it's not working out for him. I mean, he's missing, you know, he, he missed the pretty much, he missed the whole training camp, he missed the whole preseason, he, he missed a very important game for, for the organization and fans uh, come Monday, the home opener, and it's just not looking good for him, I, I don't know what the holdup is, I, I'm assuming... That, you know, if you ask, if you would ask me, I think he's holding out, thinking he's going to get more money or uh, he's going to get a higher contract extension. But that's not the case. It kind of backfired because we, now, you know, the longer he sits out, the more playing time these young kids are going to get, and they, they look good while they're playing. So, I mean, why would why would Murray want to up the dollar amount or up the contract extension length on him when we have, you know, pretty much replacements? And that brings you to a, a question that on Twitter at Black Mighty Duck posted about at what point do we drop Richie altogether? Now I don't think Bob Murray's gonna sh- uh, drop Richie altogether. He he does you know he wants something for him. He was a top ten pick and just to lose him for nothing just for a mutual con- uh, contract termination. I mean that's not the case. It, it's gonna be you know it's gonna come down to the wire and someone's gonna budge and it's gonna be Nick Richie because I don't see our GM offering him that you know whatever X dollar amount he wants or X amount of years contract he wants so it's something's gonna have to happen before december 1st uh his value right now is probably not that high since he hasn't played um and he hasn't really you know he's put up average numbers and i don't think a team's you know are knocking on his door and wanting him for a trade or, or even offering an offer i think that's still an option available if teams really wanted his service they can offer him a dollar amount that he wants and he you know the extension amount he wants and it forces murray to either respond back or just take a, a, a draft pick in compensation So, I mean, I think he's just kind of digging his old grave and and like I started this conversation saying that he's trying to walk, you know, off the rink holding the stick the wrong way and just bouncing back and and hitting him in the face.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, he's either got to go for a lower dollar amount to try to get back on the team or he's going to get traded or he's going to be in no man's land. So, I mean, he's in a tough spot. So, I don't, like you said, I don't think they give up on him 100%, but... I wouldn't be surprised if a deal isn't made that he gets traded. I'd just keep my eye on him. You know, i, I just watch and see. He may, may get you know, shipped somewhere else. So, unfortunate situation for Richie. You know, he had high hopes on him, and he's kind of fallen off a little bit here. So, keep our eye on it and see where he uh, goes or if he stays with the Ducks. Uh, another good question we had uh, from George, he asked about, you know, can the team maintain the style of play that they're doing, or will they go back to the old school Randy Carlisle dump and chase? And honestly, I think uh, this is a good question, but I, I don't think they're going to go back to the dump and chase, Eddie. I think with all the newer players in the lineup, you know, you look at this, you know, you've got all these rookies in here and a couple of new guys from other teams and whatnot. I mean, you know, two thirds of the forwards are new players. So uh, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think the Ducks are going to continue doing, you know, what they're doing. I mean, I think they, they kind of regressed a little bit. In the Arizona game, like I said, they weren't able to make uh, secondary passes and get that 4-check going like they needed to. But I'm not too worried about them going back to the dump and chase, and I think if the team stays away from that, then they'll be fine.
1: Oh, yeah, same here. I mean, I understand it's going to happen, especially when you get put in those uh, high-stress situations. You usually, like, uh, revert back to your training and what you're used to. And they were so used to that dump and chase for a while, so it, it didn't surprise me how... They kind of dipped back, and they were trying to get to that, you know, that level of, you know, comfortness. And they, you know, they know it so well. But, I mean, our new style is working out. We have a lot of young guys that only know that style of play, so they're gonna keep the, the veterans too in that line. Like, hey, when they start reverting back, they'll see our young guns, you know, doing what they know. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's do this and and go from there. So, yeah, I can't see that big, you know, a big problem. Just minus a few hiccups, if you know, we have some of those, you know, blowout games I mean, that, that every team's gonna get every season I mean there's no you know I don't think any team last season didn't have that one game where we're like whoa holy crap what happened there so I mean yeah I don't think it's gonna be an issue though
0: yeah I, I'm and I'm hoping not I don't I don't think it will be especially with all the the young talent that's in this lineup um, I just don't see them you know they may like you said revert back to it here or there but I don't see them doing it for a whole game or a long period of time so I think we'll be good with that the um, the other uh, good question we had was uh, kind of talking about this, too. Was, it's kind of early, but Nicole was asking about the injuries and the rookies. And, you know, d- do we think the Ducks will miss the playoffs? Or, you know, um, will uh, who's the biggest asset, too, as far as the rookies? You know, I mean, it's early. I don't see the Ducks... Uh, missing the playoffs i remember we talked about this before the season even started and we said this team was still going to make the playoffs it was just more of a question of where that they would end up uh eddie yeah yeah
1: they'll be in the playoffs for sure at miss low nicole good question you know just just hope come that playoff time just be ready for playoffs because they'll be in it like you said uh let's see uh how far they're going to go um I don't know, I'm really optimistic about this team, and I, I love what I saw so far. Yeah, we lost last night, but we still got that point, and we're only going to get better. And this is without, you know, gets off Eves, Kasse, too. Let's not forget about him, because he's going to put up some numbers when he comes back. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's going to improve. Uh, he was one of my picks this season to, to, to have a significant impact on the Ducks and be one of those top producers. So we're only going to get that much better, and in having the young guys, too, groomed, so if injuries do happen later on in the season or in the postseason, we have people and players that are co- are comfortable with the level of play. Yeah, it's going to be a little heightened a little bit for playoffs, but we're not gonna, just going to have you know a Troy Terry in there, his first or second NHL game, and he's in a playoff game. We're going to have you know rookies that have that 15, 20 games experience under their belt. So it's going to make us that much better. And like you know, I don't know if it's too early to say <coughs> uh, 2019 Stanley Cup champions. I mean. Last season, or that 2006-2007 season, we started, you know, the 3-0, and the 4-0, and uh, the 3-0 and record and stuff like that. Or even the, the, the 3-0-1, we ended up winning the cup, So, I mean, I'm optimistic about that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Ducks are still rolling, like you said. They, they matched that record when they, you know, won the cup. So, uh, yeah, I think they're still going to make the playoffs. And, you know, looking at uh, her other question about the biggest rookie asset, I think it's Comtois so far. I mean, he's scored in games 1 and 2. He almost scored in Game Three and got that. Uh, ended up getting an assist because Silverberg, you know, ended up scoring on that play. But uh, he's looked great so far. I, I like what I've seen with Steele and Terry as well. So a lot of hope with this team. A lot of uh, young players. A lot of excitement. As we talked about before, we thought, "Oh man, what, you know what's going to happen," and and it's looking good. So you know, I, I'm I'm optimistic too. Um, and uh, you know, real quick, just programming note, just so you guys know, we're doing the podcast pretty much thursdays and fridays uh this month in october and that's kind of the way we're going to do it and then next month we'll probably shift towards uh saturdays so we're kind of trying to go in between the game days so that's you know just so you know um to keep your eye out when the uh, shows will be coming out but um the last part of the show that we'll wrap up with really eddie is the league news i know there's some stuff you want to talk about we did talk about nashville and uh Uh, earlier in the show and uh, what did you think about their banner uh, raising ceremony I I guess that got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, backfire on uh, social media for that whole situation
1: first of all I want to thank the organization so much because they supplied us with endless uh, jokes for this season (laughs) not just for Ducks fans but uh, I think fans of all the other teams are are chiming in on there I I can't believe I I thought it was a a Photoshop when it said regular season like you gotta be kidding me they can't be that petty and stuff like that to, to even have a banner like that I'm like oh man I, it was funny I, I really can't believe they did that but you know I guess you know it's Nashville over there they're always looking for some kind of attention you know Mike Fisher's gone so they brought you know our seat our seat counter Carrie Underwood she's gone with them so I, I guess they just wanted some attention that they felt they weren't in the spotlight enough but uh I, I, you know it's good for them I, I guess if that works for you your little participation award um the Calgary Flames really gave him attention, too, by setting him out 3 nothing. so that was pretty fun to watch, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but yeah, I mean, okay, so they had their their banners or whatever, and then the other part of the issue, too, is they had uh, Watson out there on the ice. You know, he uh, got suspended, and some kind of some breaking news, I, they uh, actually reduced it uh, from 27 games to 18. I'm, I'm seeing some updates right now on my phone, but... Part of the, the issue with that game was that he was out there on the ice, Eddie. I mean, I don't think anybody would have been upset with him being there, but I mean, he didn't play, obviously, and he's skating on the ice. It's kind of like, well, why wasn't he just in the suit, like on the bench? I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an interesting choice.
1: Yeah, that kind of read me the wrong way. I, and then the Puck Network posted a question about the appropriate level. Like, was it appropriate for, you know, Austin Watson to be in full uniform? If she's an Oprah. And, uh, out of 106 votes, 11% said yes, uh, 54% said no, and then 35% said they didn't really care. Um, I mean, he suspended not, you know, you know, some people compare it to Tom Wilson, but that's totally different. He, he, he got suspended for, you know, what he did to another player and stuff like that. Now we're talking more in the criminal side. And, yeah, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I'm not commenting on that. I, I mean, that, that's, that's way beyond my, you know, expertise right there. But there is a level of expectation of professionalism and being a professional athlete. In it. I mean, if you're involved in any criminal act, including one as serious as what you know, he pleaded no contest for. I mean, he shouldn't have been on the ice, and the league shouldn't have allowed it either. I mean, for for not just him, but any player that that's involved in any like legal altercation like that are, are legal things. It just it kind of taints the you know the the first word of being an athlete is that that professionalism. So I think they kind of dropped the ball there in their banner. I mean, I mean, was it the right thing to do for that organization? I don't know. I'm not them, but you know, I'm glad it wasn't the Ducks, and I'm glad it was, it's a National problem. I and mean, nothing to do with Anaheim.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can, you know, gloat over all those uh, Pacific Division, uh, you know, banners. I guess which you know we don't care. We're like we just want to win the whole thing. So, exactly. uh, you just know, hang them up. yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's Tennessee, I don't know. They're doing their thing. But uh, what what other news out there did you want to discuss uh, before we wrap up the show? I know there's a couple other things you wanted to talk about.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, usually everyone's happy. It's Friday. I, You know, thank God it's Friday, the hashtag. But for some reason, the league didn't schedule any games tomorrow. And we have, like, what, what 13 or 14 games on Saturday, so that was kind of odd. It's going to be an interesting Friday night. I, I guess I might actually go out and do something, and I'll just, you know, Use the excuse I don't want to watch hockey or something like that. So that was kind of weird. Other news: uh, Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley from the Maple Leafs—they're really tearing it up this season. Uh, Morgan Riley, I have in my fantasy team, and he already has 10 points already. Like no one thought that. He—he's just on absolutely on fire. Another goaltender I want to you know mention too is Robert Leonard from the New York Islanders. I know he's been dealing with some mental health issues, and the other day was like bringing awareness to, like Mental Health Day. But he posted a shutout in his first game with the Islanders, and, you know, I mean, I mean that's good for him, and I, I'm happy for him, you know. And, you know, mental health is kind of one of those tricky things. It's, it's not always what you see. It's what you can't see. So that was really good for him to, you know, to get that, and I wish him you know, nothing but the best of luck and, uh, versus the Islanders, minus when he plays the Ducks. And also uh, to spin around with the Islanders, too, their new captain, Anders Lee, was asked about the best quality in a teammate and he, you know, said loyalty. I don't know if that's a little jab to to Tavares, but the whole social media went crazy and everyone took it, you know, how it was. I don't know if he has some bad blood or or what's going on there, but I mean, that was kind of interesting that he he threw that word loyalty, especially when Tavares went to Toronto.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could have definitely been, you know, an indirect jab and, you know, you see that too on, on social media. Someone will say something. And uh, there's a hidden meaning or something like that to it. Or, or, or you know, maybe not necessarily hidden, but, it, you know, an indirect kind of message, I guess, is the way to put it. So, yeah, kind of interesting there. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Islanders are also still a team to watch. You, you know, you never know how the season's going to go. I mean, you know, looking at the Ducks, and I, I, I don't think most of us out there thought that they would be 3-0-1 after four games. You know, they're so close to being... Um, you know, undefeated in, in four games, and they're still undefeated actually in regulation. Yep. So, I mean, that's a good positive too. I, I think my biggest thing, uh, you know, just kind of summing up so far this first week for the Ducks uh, is, you know, working on the passing, the forecheck, and the uh, faceoffs, as we talked about, is the big thing. And I think it'll come with time. I think you know, we have to. Not trying to be a homer, but you have to give the Ducks a little bit of slack. I mean, you've got all these rookies you know, throughout the whole forward lineup. The chemistry is all over the place, and obviously some games are going to be better than others. Like we said, we thought the second game against Arizona was their worst game of the, of the four so far. But I, I think it's going to come together, Eddie. I mean, you look, uh, like we said, Getzloff's not on the IR, You know, and they're saying he's supposed to be back in a week, which is going to be good. Um, Eves is supposed to come back uh, hopefully soon too. They you know original projection was sometime between games five and ten. Well, we're coming up to game five here against Dallas on Saturday, so hopefully he's still on that same projection that that was at the start of the season. So um, yeah, I'm excited for this team. I, I think it's it's fun. You got all these different players on there. You see these guys stepping up. You know you see uh, Terry in the shootouts and Comtois getting goals and like you said Sherwood's out there skating hard um i I mean i i'm excited for this team um you know even if they have a night where it's a little bit off which i think was kind of a reality check like you said if they can't just keep winning every game you can't be 82 0 and 0 but um you know if i had to look up this this first week i'd be more than happy eddie with you know the way that everything has gone if if i would have known that before the season started
1: Same here. Number one, I'm glad hockey was back. Like I said, that that morning, I had a big smile on my face. Everything went wrong that day for me, but it didn't mess with my mood because I was just so happy to get the game back. And and just to to talk to different people. And just, you know, hockey's back and the Ducks are back, and and they're playing well. They're a fun team to watch, a fun young team, a fast team. I mean, they did get faster. I mean, a lot of people in the offseason were like, oh, we didn't get any faster, we didn't add anyone. But we didn't really have to add anyone when we had the speed already. It was pretty good to see that. Uh, I want to point out, too, it's funny. Uh, you posted uh, the, that magnet thing. It, it, it's cool. Like You, you posted it. You're, you're giving it away to people. You had an extra one. That's really cool. But it's funny that that, that little magnet got 146 retweets. That's, man, I can imagine what, you know, when you start giving out the jerseys and the game tickets, how many retweets you're going to hit on that. That was pretty cool to see. That's just happy in case.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's pumped up. You know, everyone's. I know I was kind of surprised. I mean, it was just, you know, sometimes we get some, you and I get some extra stuff, and and you've done it in the past too, or we've, we've given away things and just simple things, and people get excited, which is great. And, you know, we're giving away bigger stuff too. Like I said, on the uh, the patreon.com slash ducks and pucks website, if you sign up and donate even one dollar, you're entered in to win game tickets to the uh, Korea game, the uh, Niedermeyer retirement game. Uh, I have some hockey sticks that we're going to give away um, and just all kinds of other stuff, uh, hockey gear and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're excited, oh, we're simple things. I mean, there's even bigger things on there to go on there for. And, and, and we'll be giving away some other stuff, too, through social media that, you know, you don't necessarily have to sign up on the website. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, we appreciate it. And we're going to have the watch parties, too. I've been trying to get those all scheduled out. We're going to have more of them at uh, El Ranchito in Orange like we've had them before. Uh, I'm sure Phil Hewlett will join us again for a couple of those. Um, just had some scheduling conflicts, so we're trying to get those nailed down. But look for those. And of course, when people come to those, we'll give away stuff as well. So the season's rolling. You know, the Ducks are doing more than decent than what we thought. And like I said, we'll be back in a week to talk about these other games coming up. Let's go, Ducks.